0: Welcome to the Inspire Life podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Kimbaro. We are here on Valentine's Day. Our guest today is Bree Lee Thomas, actually the first woman to appear on the podcast. She is a multifaceted individual. She is the founder and CEO of BLT Marketing, health and wellness advocate, national bodybuilder, Singer, songwriter, and entertainer. Wow, that's a handful. Brie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, and I'm honored to be your first female. Woo!
0: Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it's quite a you know. It's it's, it's a lot of pressure, I right know. So,
1: <laughs> well, Morgan, I mean, what made you decide to choose me?
0: Well, many reasons. I mean, <laughs> what do I what do I choose from here? <laughs>
1: Was I just the first woman you saw off the street? <laughs>
0: Not all th- not on the street at church. <laughs> you're not a woman of the street. You're a woman at the church. So, do that. Do that. So, uh, yeah. I mean, let's get started. I mean, let's just talk about you, your journey. You know, from where you came from, your beginnings to where you are now, and kind of lead into like everything you're doing, which is so much. So, I'll give it the floor <laughs> to you, Bri. Uh,
1: I don't even know where to start. So, was born in the Bay Area lived there for seven years, moved to Oregon, moved to Utah. Um, I've always been a very charismatic little kid. Even when I was younger, (coughs) me and my siblings would put together these, like, performance nights to perform in front of our parents, kind of like a recital. And um, so I've always been very, you know, outgoing and expressive ever since I was young. Um, And then... My first entrepreneurial experience, actually, was when I was about eight, and uh, we lived in this neighborhood where there was no access to soda or candy within a two-mile radius. And I thought to myself as a kid, like, hey, there's a need in the marketplace right now. It's summertime. Like, we're just trying to be kids, trying to drink our soda, and... Um, so I remember I would go to the store with my mom. It was like a Costco at the time. We'd buy a bunch of bulk uh, candies and soda, and I would sell them in my cul-de-sac on the corner, and we saved up enough money to go on a cruise. So that was my first, like, dive into <laughs> business, and ever since then I've just always loved it. I mean, I come from a line of entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, um, so that's kind of always how our household thought, you know, growing up. Um, Went to high school in Utah, finished when I was 16, and then um, went to, started taking college classes early, um, and it was funny, I went to the University of Utah, and as soon as I went to that school, all my family moved back to Oregon, so they just like left me <laughs> in Utah, which wasn't horrible because I love snowboarding, and the snow is great, but um, after college, you know, I got a degree in marketing, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do yet, and um, I still would sing a lot on the side. That's always been a passion of mine. But I was always trying to figure out like where I fit in in the world. And um, I would go to business, the school of business, and I found that all the cool kids were in marketing. <laughs> so I was like, I think these are my people. <laughs> and then um, yeah, so after school, I moved back to Oregon. Um, let's see, worked for a couple different marketing agencies over the years. Um, did sales for Red Bull, which was really cool. Um, and then I was on Facebook scrolling one day and an old friend from college said, hey, you know, I live in La Jolla. I have a room opening, opening up. Does anyone want to be my roommate? I remember looking at that thinking like, I don't enjoy living here in Oregon at the time. It's rainy. It's cold. I like my job, but it's not like I can live without it. I was single at the time. My rent was on month to month. And I'm thinking like, why not? Like, just go for it. So I sent him a message, and I was like, can you give me 30 days, and I'll give you a deposit right now? He was like, yeah. So I ended up just packing up all my stuff in the next 30 days in a trailer in my Forerunner and driving down the coast to San Diego, and I was like, this is where I want to be. Like, it's sunny, it's beautiful, everybody's happy here. <laughs> and my parents at the time thought I was crazy. Um You know, because they're like, you're just going to move to a city where you just don't know anyone that you haven't really even visited or anything? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) 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 Because, like, it's just like, why not? You know, like, the opportunity presented itself, and I was kind of like, let's do this. So, that's how I got to San Diego, and I've been here for the last 10 years. Um, You know, when I got here, I, again, worked for some other marketing agencies and then decided to go freelance. Um and then from there just kind of never looked back you know started a meal prep business sold that um and now i have my agency that i have now so it's kind of like the nutshell of where i've been the last few years but yeah
0: wow that's amazing Uh, so i guess what i want to ask is you know you moved to san diego right no you don't know anybody really just this one person Right. And, uh, you know, like, what was that initial experience like, just like living in San Diego, adjusting to the weather, adjusting to the culture, right? Being a, you know, a small town, small town gal from uh, from Utah. Now you're in San Diego. Yeah. Like what's that like?
1: Um, I don't know. You know, I did a semester abroad in Hawaii and abroad. Quote, quote. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what they called it. And so I kind of had like a taste of that already. Um, just being in a new city. Um, it's never, like, felt daunting or overwhelming to me. I think, um, I've always just enjoyed being able to see, like, how big the world is. You know, whenever I travel, it's, like, wow, the world's so much bigger than you think, and, like, the possibilities are endless, so that's what it makes me feel like living here, is, like, there's unlimited amounts of possibilities.
0: Amen. So. Yeah, so let's get let's get started with your entrepreneurial journey, right? So, you're working in marketing, right? You get the degree in marketing. You're working for firms in marketing, and you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna step outside and create my own thing," right? Like, yeah. h- h- how did that start? Like, what was the inspiration there?
1: Um, so I was working for a corporation at the time that was new. Uh, this was. Like, right when Facebook ads started coming out and getting popular, and I started doing some campaigns for them and um, started doing some videography for them because it was, like, you know, Instagram was just photos. And then it was, like, okay, everyone wants to get into video now. And remember the first, like, video editing software, like, Final Cut on your phone was, like, <laughs> just, like... <laughs> Took hours to make, and it's so crazy now. Days like people can just edit videos on their phone in like two seconds. I'm like, do you understand like how far this has come? And um, so yeah, I you know I'd presented some ideas to them to further grow the marketing, and I just kind of kept hitting roadblocks because all the upper management were um, they were super. I mean, they were older, they were just used to print advertising, they didn't understand social media marketing, they didn't understand influ- influencer marketing, and it was very hard for them to adjust, and so I had a lot of resistance. And at that point, I was just like, I brought this company from, you know, X, was uh, their Instagram was like 15,000 followers to 150,000 followers in two years. So I was like, if I can do this for them, like, I could do this for anybody, I could do it for myself, so... When I had that realization, I was like, all right, I need to just step out and be on my own because, like, I don't like having a boss. <laughs> yeah, that's how it started.
0: I love it. So we had uh, Michael Creel on the podcast. He's uh, He has his own marketing agency, Winter Marketing. And one of the things we talked about, right, that you mentioned, right, was the antiquated way of thinking with marketing, right? And so we were talking about, you know, going through the 1950s, like Mad Men era, like print advertising, all that, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the evolution of that. So there's this fascinating book, you may have heard of it, it's called The Medium is the Message, by mm-hmm. Marshall McLuhan. It's a, this very famous book written in the 1960s, right, that talks about, you know, because in the 50s, right, that's where the television was coming into the American household, right, the radio was there, but now we're like being able to, you know, more, more uh, households are having televisions, right? So that's another medium of getting the message, right? And so yeah. basically what he breaks down in, like, this book, and it's it's actually very few words. It's, like, an infographic, and you probably – I'll try to see if I can find it in my library. But basically the takeaway from that book is, like, the avenue of getting the message out is, is that's, that's the message, right, the medium, right? So whether it's Instagram – Instagram has its own message, right? Print advertising has its own message. But it's still like, you're still trying to convey like the, the same like pull in, right? Like buy this, buy that. But ultimately, like you're crafting the message differently. So what I asked Michael, and what I want to ask you is like, again, going through that like little history lesson is just from like, marketing, like, you know, 1950s to now how that's changed. Right. And how we look at it now as individuals that are like looking at our screens like all the time. Mm
1: -hmm. How it's changed. Well, I think what um, most businesses don't realize is that everyone is on their phone. Yes. And so I kind of laugh inside when I talk to someone who goes Instagram, Facebook marketing, that doesn't work for my industry. And I just laugh because I'm like, how, how often are you on your phone? And it doesn't have to be on necessarily those platforms. It can be on other platforms. But we're all glued to that. And what's powerful about that is, you know, in the past when you wanted to reach mass amounts of people, you had to spend money on a billboard to get everybody to see your message. And it's like now your phone is like a personal billboard. So it's like why wouldn't you not want to be on that platform? So And it's cheap too. They've made it, like, very accessible. Now anybody can advertise anything, not just businesses. But now influencers are doing their own marketing and, you know, trying to gain followings that way and, like, sell products. You know, you have affiliate marketing. So it's very interesting to see, like, that progression and how much it's grown and how influential it can be you know have you ever thought about something or maybe talked to a friend about something and then before you know it like you see an ad on your phone or Crazy, your youtube right? it's like it's, it's like is my
0: phone listening to me uh,
1: yeah it is and it, not only that but you're fu- like you know the technology is they're a- they're able to see where you're clicking on a web page where your eyes are looking on a web page and they're able to track the way you think so now you know you can almost think of something and it'll show up. It's kind of creepy just b- based off of your habits and what you talk about and what you look at. So it's pretty wild. It's pretty, it's kind of scary. Yeah. But um, But yeah, but I mean the opportunity to sell something to advertise is literally at our doorsteps. Anybody can do it. And that's uh, what I think is so powerful about our day and age is that we have so much more power to create whatever it is that we're trying to you know push push out so anybody no like, like now nobody has an excuse not to be successful in something you know like there's avenues there's platforms so 100
0: percent. you know one of the things that you talked about was data right and really the most valuable asset that we all have is our data and we know that it gets sold right via facebook and all to all these different places, right? Like people purchase our information and then market to us, right? Like, you know, that was I was at a conference yesterday and that was what one of the uh, people were talking about, right? And, right, to sell your data and also protect our data, right? The data is just so, so vital and important and it's quantifiable and, and can be, you know, made money off of. So, you know, within your agency, BLT Marketing, you know, talk about a business or an individual that you brought, right? Like a success story.
1: Mm. Okay. Um, okay. I'll talk about my friend Kat. She owns Catalyst Wellness. Okay. And I don't know if you know her. Yeah, I do. She goes to her church, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, she
0: does, like, the the testing. Yeah. Yeah, the I HRT met at the clinic. Yeah. Met at the Pathfinders Conference, yeah.
1: Yeah, she's she's so awesome. Um, So I remember when she had this crazy idea <laughs> to start a hormone clinic. And uh, she had asked me to come on board to, you know, do her website, do her Instagram, get things, you know, kind of like a a director of marketing position where I'm just kind of in charge of all things marketing. Um, so it was really cool to help her go from like this idea to actually putting something out there in the world, you know, um, creating, you know, Google pages and thing you know, where people can leave reviews and like just all those different aspects that help grow a business. Um, we were able to completely get her up going off the ground, you know, taking customers. We were, I mean, starting a new business, you're always going to work through so many little logistical challenges that, you know, you didn't think of. Okay, now a new person's coming on, and now we have paperwork. Oh, how do we make this digital? Oh, how do we, you know, like how do we make this system um, not take as long? So lag time on different projects or different customer experiences. So it was really fun just to take – Kind of her idea and her vision, and it was also something that I was already super passionate about, being in the bodybuilding industry, um, because I love just being able to be optimized and be able to perform at my best, and um, so take her idea and have it turn into like this flourishing business. Now she's done so well with it, her and Jason, and um, it's it's been like truly remarkable to see. her step into this whole new version of herself that she didn't see before you know she had been working in corporate before and um, I was doing freelance marketing at the time and she would always ask me like aren't you just worried that you might not get clients one month or how do you seem so calm when like you don't have any sort of like sustainability I'm like well that's what just keeps me." driving that's what keeps me hungry <laughs> yeah those <laughs> that's early
0: mornings me. late nights i see we see it, yeah, yeah
1: yeah um so i loved being able to see and help her grow to what it is today you know it's it's become a huge huge company today they're helping hundreds and thousands of people and it's it's amazing to see that like you know it quote quote started in a garage i guess it started in an office you know an idea and and her and i were able to help grow that so I think that's probably the most rewarding part about what I do is being able to help people just live their purpose. And like this podcast, right? That's right. <laughs> it's named.
0: <laughs> Inspire Your Life.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what's that's what drives me to stay in marketing as opposed to being like a full-time musician or something like that is those experiences and that journey. I really do enjoy it
0: amen and i think what's amazing is that somebody like kat who's just focused on what she does so well right with the health right the what she is doing for her business right that's just like anybody that's just focused on what they specialize in Mm -hmm. and so then you come along and you're able to amplify that message and get Mm -hmm. it out to people right so they have something of value but unfortunately at that point nobody knows about them right? right and if nobody knows about you then you know you're not able to deliver that impact or that service or that product mm-hmm. so i want to lead into that and then i want to get into the music about getting clients right getting customers like right? building that reputation right that mm-hmm. you know you you build a book and then refer- through referrals like talk about getting started and like building a building your customers
1: like how would I do that?
0: Well, how that you have done it?
1: Oh, I um, so okay, so let's talk about just simple legion with like Facebook ads, right? So somebody can run a Facebook ad that leads to a landing page that has an offer um, where people, I say, I would say, make a trade for their information for something else. So whenever you're trying to reach out to a cold market, like say, for example, you start a new business, you put out an ad for, let's say it's like essential oils or something, <laughs> and you're trying to drive people to your landing page, um, the whole thing about marketing is like, what is your trade? What are you trading for? You know, So with Legion, it's like you want to start building your email list. That is property. That's an asset you own, property within your business. So, Because not everybody's ready to buy right now, right? right? So we want to be able to capture their information so that when they are ready, we have it, we're at the top of their minds, you know. Um, so usually the Facebook ad starts with some sort of offer, like, hey, you know, we're giving away XYZ for this, and people fill out their information, and they get, like, an instant, some sort of instant gratification. Um, we call that a l- uh, lead magnet. You know, it draws someone in, They say, okay, like this is a good enough trade for me to trade my phone number and email for. You know, we've all seen it, the things that we've signed up for. Um, And then they get something in return. And then from there, you can start a nurturing sequence where you can start adding value and um, start trickling in stories of your brand and start building value and credibility within that sequence. So people always think that marketing is about, you know, trying to capture all those leads right in, in the beginning, and then they turn and burn them, you know, they don't follow up with them or they don't nurture them or send them, you know, additional things of value. They just kind of go through people, oh, you don't want to buy right now? Okay, bye, see you later. And I think that's where a lot of companies trip up on marketing is they don't do um, the retargeting. And that's where it's like, hey, now you're in my community, like, how can I serve you? Or what are some of the things that I can do to help you? Because ultimately, whatever bu- whatever business you're starting, if it's about you and just your personal goals, you're going to get super burnt out, super tired, and you're not going to have the vision and the drive to do what it takes to handle those challenges in the long run. Because the first one to two years of business are, they're hard. But they're only, they're hard in the sense that you're learning a lot of new things and you're and you're overcoming a lot of challenges that you've never had to overcome before. Not necessarily hard, like exhausting. You know, when you don't have a, a purpose or um, a vision that ha- actually helps your clients, then that's when you start to experience that burnout. And that's how you know that what you're doing is not actually living your life on purpose. It's actually just like some self-fulfilling thing that you feel like you have to do because you want to change the story of your life. But what I found is that when people are actually serving their audience and they're they're delivering extra value to their audience, that's when you start to create that community around your business. And that's what's gonna lead you to like those in person referrals and people who actually want to show up to your events and people who actually want to talk to you and understand more about your business. You you create this um like this cheerleader of a customer, right? And they're just like shouting from the walls, like this business is amazing. You know, we all have those businesses in our lives that we're just like, we would recommend them to anyone. We love them, like anything we're doing, anything they're doing, we want to be a part of it. Um, That's where I've seen businesses really excel is when they come from a place of like, how can I serve this audience? And how can I serve them so well that they think that they're like robbing us of something? That's the best kind of trade when someone, when you have a customer that's like, are they really giving this away? Like, what? Like For free? Like, what? You know, like, they almost can't believe it, you know? And, and that's when you start, like, that's when you just start adding so much value, and that's when you start building, like, that relationship with the customer. So it's very, it's very cool to watch that happen, and it's very, um, I would say it's the biggest downfall that most new startups don't consider, um. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. don't know where we're going with that. But, but, yeah, as far as, yeah, as far as, you know, Legion and creating a community around your business, that's where I've seen most most businesses that I have helped take off. That is been the common denominator.
0: Yeah. I love it. And I think it's what you hit on so important, right? Like the reputation, like getting the reputation. And from there, that leads to more business. Yeah, because so.
1: yeah, people usually when they open a new business, they start telling all their friends and family and then they have this um, quick uptick uptick in sales. Right. Because it's new. It's exciting. People want to support you. And then once all your friends and family have bought in and supported you, it then people like either flatline or they go down because it's like, wait a second. <laughs> like now what? Like, now I have to do cold outreach. Now I have to, like, find other avenues. Like, where is my audience? Like, where are, they ha- where are they hanging out? You know? And, like, so I think a lot of times, too, businesses fail right in the beginning because after they've serviced all their friends and family and, you know, maybe gotten a few referrals from them, like, then it falls flat because then it's like, now what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mom can only buy so many girls got cookies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: Perfect analogy. Yeah, I just
0: bought some Girl Scout cookies <laughs> walking outside of Vons, uh-huh. so that's why I use that. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but no, it's it's it takes a lot of grit to own a business. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's why I love working and doing marketing in this industry and helping. I personally like helping businesses that are just starting because I I love seeing like that sparkle in someone's eyes when they realize that they have the ability to create. something out of nothing and it's like wow like i get to help their dream like come into existence and that for me is really rewarding yeah
0: wow well we could go on forever with the marketing (laughs) and the stuff that you're doing with with your business blt but uh i don't think we'd be doing justice for us to not spend time talking about your music right talking about who you are as an artist as an entertainer Right. I want Mm -hmm. to talk about that and what derives inspiration for you to step out musically. In addition to being this kick ass businesswoman, you're putting yourself out there on the stage and out there, you know, artistically. So let's talk about Brie Lee. (laughs) Brie Lee. (laughs) Yeah, that
1: is my artist name. Brie Lee. No last name. Um, Yeah, I've been singing ever since I was young. I've always loved it. Um, my parents bought me this karaoke machine where it had two cassette tapes and one would play the music and the other one would record the music in my voice over it and I would do that for fun in my room for hours at a time and my dad bought me a guitar when I was 16 and still have that guitar today and um, music has always been just such an emotional outlet for me. Um, I want to say it started in church, mm. you know, singing hymns, um a lot of um, late nights by the g- campfire, you know, singing hymns, things like that. Um, so I think that's why, um, like, music and God really go hand in hand for me, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so I've been playing and singing for years, did, like, a lot of musical <laughs> theater, which I didn't necessarily love, but I think... It was a good outlet for my personality because I can be very, um, I don't know, expressive,
0: <laughs> to say the least.
1: Yeah. Um, but I never necessarily loved like the culture of musical theater. Like I was just like, ugh, I don't fit. I don't feel like I fit in here. And I love, I love the music and I love acting, but I always saw myself more doing movies or doing comedy or something like that. So that's definitely something I want to get more into. But (laughs) it's only so so much time of the day. Um, But I started writing a lot of country music, um, released a couple of those songs out on Spotify, wrote about heartbreak, wrote about love. And um, now I'm kind of dipping into music production, specifically in house electronic music so that was kind of a shift for me but um I'm a Scorpio so I'm very emotional very passionate and I feel like music that just makes your soul like turn on I love that kind of stuff so I was like this is the year I want to start diving into more of like melodic house where it kind of take you know the music takes you through a journey that's has the sounds of kind of rustic, jungly, mixed with like futuristic, metallic, like techno. Wow. <laughs> I wanted to feel like we're in this evolving world that, you know, technology is like taking us to these like new heights right now, but we're also like seated in a jungle and surrounded by like. Mother Nature. (laughs) Best of both worlds. That's how I describe my music now that I'm producing. Um, It's definitely, I mean, vibes of Tulum and very, very jungly, but also um, very kind of like these noises that you don't necessarily hear all the time that kind of pique your interest.
0: That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to picture all of that in my head.
1: (laughs) I know, it's a lot but yeah i love it
0: can't wait to see the finished product
1: yeah i'm exciting i've been learning it in ableton right now and it is a beast and we just started playing around with recording my vocals um, and i'm learning piano so that i can play different chords and the tracks too so it's definitely something new and exciting this year and i'm i'm excited to launch some new music
0: I love it. So
1: I love being a performer, but I also love creating. So that's where that comes from.
0: I love it. So one of your songs, I Need a Strong Man. <laughs> yeah. Probably like the one you're best known for, perhaps.
1: Ooh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd th- it's, a t- it's a tie between my very first song, I think, and that one, for sure.
0: Yeah, so what's your, what was your inspiration behind that? I, I, I guess really the question to is asked is, what is a strong man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I created that song. It was when me and my ex were on the outs. And <laughs> I remember we're just walking down the street, walking my dog. And I'm just, like, stepping. And I'm just like, oh, I am so proud pissed off at him right now. I just need a strong man. I need someone who's gonna like just hold their own, be accountable. So he was weak. (laughs) Is he a weak man? (laughs) 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 So that comes from like leadership. Like owning up and um, your own personal leadership. So a man that accepts Responsibility as his own. That's mm-hmm. kind of where that started from. Um, because in that relationship, I just literally wanted to shake him and just be like, can you just own up for your own mistakes? Like, don't blame this on anybody else. Don't blame it on me or your circumstance or, you know, like, this is what you chose. And, ex- and just accept that choice that you chose that and then, like, move on from it. And it, he couldn't do that. And so that's kind of where that song started. And then um, I just started, like, <laughs> I just started playing off of it. Um, the song turned out to be kind of like a parody, um, as I'm sure you've, like, heard the, l- the lyrics. But it, it's, it's a parody, but it also, like, has some truth to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I like it because I personally think there's an epidemic of weak men in this country, (laughs) and we could go for on and on about that. Ooh, yeah, we could go on and on about
1: that.
0: Right? If just, you know, people not taking ownership, blaming, right? Mm. Oh, I'm not going to get here because of this, that, and the other. Yeah. Right? And one of the big things you talk about is accountability, right? And Mm so I'm really learning accountability now because I'm – you know, I serve in the reserves and right now I'm the company commander. And so like I'm in charge of 110 people. So now it's not just about me being accountable. It's just, it's, well, I am accountable, but ensuring every, like for people are getting the job done and are doing what they say they need to do. Right. So the way that I stay accountable to like my leadership, right, is I have to, you know, make sure that they're, Doing what they need to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like ownership, yeah. and I guess again, I know we're talking about on an individual level, but I'm just that's just a thought that popped into my head, and so I really like that because again, I think that we have a lot of weak men in this country, <laughs> and for women, and yeah. I and 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 here's the thing, like men can say that, and but I think it really holds a lot of weight Ooh. when women say that, no, because then it. you're like calling like the, mem- the member of the opposite like sex are like. Yeah, that's unattractive. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to date you. Like, I find that I'm very Mm -hmm. turned off by that. Mm -hmm. And for for men, like, men, and you probably, you know, here's a little secret, men dictate a lot of their actions on how women respond Mm -hmm. a lot of the Mm -hmm. times, right? So, like, and and for good and bad, but I would say, like, if, you know, good women are giving you attention, Mm -hmm. right? Like, hey, like, they're showing attraction, then you should probably continue to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why I always say, like, chivalry is based off of what, like, you put up with. Yeah. So if you want him to open the door and he's not opening the door, like, then you need to tell him, <laughs> like, hey, this is what I like, this is what I expect. And if he doesn't want to do that, then you can be like, okay, next. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, expect that from day one, you know.
0: Yeah. It's funny you say that. I remember I dated a girl, and, like, I held the door open for her. And she's like, I never used to let guys do that for me. (laughs) I'm like, like, what? I I just never let guys open the door for me. I I was like, huh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Like, I will literally sit there in the car and wait for them to, like, come out and, like, open the door for me. Yeah. Like, I don't just, like – I mean, I don't I do not do that all the time. But I'm just saying, like, it's a first date. Like, I will walk up to the car door, and I won't, like, touch anything. I'll be like, okay, like, let's see, like, how he treats his women. Yeah. And, he's, and if a guy just kind of, like, walks up to the door naturally, and it's, like, easy for him, and he opens up the door for me, I'm like, okay. Like <laughs> –
0: So my mom, like, you know, when you go to restaurants – and she still does this, actually, just out of habit, like, if <laughs> – We would like, if we'd walk in and not hold the door open for her, she'd just like stand there. Stand there, there, yeah. She's like, Well, that's what I'm saying. Like,
1: it's like you have to, like, you have to have those expectations or those standards right off the bat, or else you're gonna, you're only gonna get what you accept, you know? So it's like, if you accept that, and like, so say, like, say this is what I really wanted. I really want a guy that opens the door, but maybe I don't verbalize it, or maybe he doesn't do that. And I just, I open up the door myself, I'm like, uh, whatever i'm doing i'm gonna do this myself i feel like a lot of women nowadays are just like i'm just gonna do it myself they have to be independent and then and then they start resenting the guy like you don't open the door for me i'm like well you didn't even like i mean it's like not only did you not verbalize it but you're also like acting in a way that's not like you said like men will respond to how they're acting so it's like if you just waited in front of the door, like, he would have probably figured it out, <laughs> hopefully. And if he didn't, then, yeah, I mean, you, that's, that's a conversation you guys can have later. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like, you know, you you get to set, like, the precedent and how you deserve to be, tra- how you want to be treated and how you think you deserve to be treated. And, um, and then you have to stay strong, no matter, like, how good-looking he is, you know, oh, but he's so good looking. I guess I can get the door for myself. It's like, no. Like, it doesn't matter how much money he makes or, oh, I'll just get the door for myself because, I mean, he he makes so much money and he always gets the door open for him, so he's probably just not used to it. Like, we make all these excuses in our head of, like, why we don't deserve that um, when in reality, like, you just have to come in your own, stand strong, and expect that, and when you do that, like, you're gonna get y- you're going to get what you want out of it, yeah. you know?
0: Definitely. So, does a guy need to be over six feet, make six figures, have a six pack? Is that how, how important is that to uh, just to women? Because uh, you know that's what women? they that's what they say online. Yeah, it's very
1: important to me.
0: Very important <laughs> to you, yeah.
1: I, so my standards are set where you can either match me or be above me. You can't okay. be below me. So I'm active. I'm fit. Like I expect my partner to be the same or yeah, more definitely. Um, I make X amount of money. I expect them to be like on the same trajectory, you know. Or I have really good credit. Expect them to do because how you? I mean, if you look at your bank account, that shows you the kind of leadership you have in your finances and in your choices. It's not. I'm not dating them because they have six figures. I'm dating them because they were. They were. They were responsible enough to be able to build that and to, like, use their finances wisely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm I'm more of looking for someone. It's that accountability and that leadership, you know. So it's like it's for me it's not necessarily <coughs> about the money, but how you treat one thing is how you treat everything. So it's like if I'm over here in this situation where I've learned how to manage my money and I've learned how to um, build a business and learned how to take time out of my day to sing and do things I love and – Learn how to be okay on my own and learn how to build good friendships. Like, I expect to date someone that is on that same path. Yeah. Otherwise, I feel like, you know, with one of my exes, it's just we were so unaligned because he was very, you know, he had a a very victim mindset. Anytime something bad would happen, it would be like, oh, it's because of this circumstance or – and I would just, like, it would drive me nuts. Yeah. (laughs) So from there, or, like – You know, he would get super depressed because um, things weren't working out the way he wanted them to. And then so I would literally have to sit him down and be like, "Okay, you have this choice or this choice. Which one do you want to do? Because you only got two choices. (laughs) And he'd be like, well, I don't want to do any of them. And I'm like, well, too bad. You have to pick one. He's like, man up. Yeah, man up. Be a strong man. Be a strong man. Be a strong one and pick one. It (laughs) might not. Yes, right now, both options suck. And that's the reality. Sometimes that's just freaking life. Yeah. But, like, guess what? I'm next to you and we're doing this together. Like, how awesome is that? Yeah. You know? And so that obviously didn't work out because he just wanted to, like, you know, stay in that stuck situation of, like, well, there has to be something better. Or I'll just wait for a new opportunity to present itself. I'm like, no, if you want something, take a step forward forward towards something and go after it. Otherwise, you're going to be sick, stuck in this depressed, sad mindset. You're not going to go anywhere. I was like, I can't live my life like that. I was like, get this energy out of here. I can't. So that's why I'm still single.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Preach it, sister. No, you got to find somebody that's equally yoked, right, that's going where you want to go, like that you can partner with and build a life with, right, and – i agree you know like that's and and if you're gonna be it's it's better to be single than be with the wrong person right because that person could hold you back or be abusive manipulative right like you know so amen to that that's empowering
1: yeah i feel like i've been getting really good at that lately like as soon as i know it's not for me i'm like done like donezo moving on yeah not in a mean way either no it's good
0: because you're not wait you're not wasting that person's time right you're not wasting your time and ultimately you have to as a person like hey can i do i see a future with this person and it's better to cut it off then as opposed to dragging that person along and like again and i i see a lot of people just dragging people along and it's like they kind of date for two years they go on and off Mm. and i you know and it's like oh i'm gonna you know get in touch with her again, this and, that. and I, I don't know, like, you know, the heart's a funny thing, but it's like, mm-hmm. just, I don't know, like, sometimes it just becomes, to me, like, it's a waste of time, like, yeah, and, and I guess, you know, it's, you gotta determine, like, what you want, right? Yeah, I you mean, your gut is always yeah.
1: gonna be, like, your best guide, like, you're dating someone, and you're kind of, like, if you're in your head, like, oh, I like this about them, but, you're like, I don't know about this, or I don't know, you know, obviously, like, it takes some time to get to know someone, but after a couple weeks, like, you're, you're going to know, your gut's going to tell you, because when you're not living in your purpose, like, you're going to have resistance towards things that are not supposed to be in your life, you know, you start, like, looking at that person, or making snarky comments at them, or, like, maybe, like, coming off, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's what I've been learning to do, is just, like, trust my gut from right off the bat. If there's any type of, like, weird energy with someone right off the beginning, I'm like, this isn't going to work. Because I feel very secure in myself. I feel very passionate and joyful in what I do. And if I don't see that in someone else, then I'm like, all right. This isn't like, we're not matching up. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not on the same. frequency.
0: (laughs) Or or if they have a small dog, right?
1: Or if they have a small (laughs) dog. I'm sorry. I had to make that real because... Every guy that I've dated with a small dog has some weird insecurity issues. I don't know what it is. Like, the fact that they have to, like, just take care of something, and, like, it makes them feel big for some reason. And, like, Hmm. I don't – I honestly, I'm not sure the psychology of that, but I've – every guy I've dated with a small dog just –
0: Maybe yep. they're just it's sensitive. It's not maybe a real
1: dog, which means they're not a real man.
0: Maybe they're just maybe maybe maybe, th- maybe they're just sensitive guys that they want to protect something. Probably you know?
1: liberal, probably super sensitive. Okay. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, you don't like super sensitive guy with a soft side.
1: I mean, I love a guy with a soft side, but I also need him to be like the leader strong, yeah. in our relationship. Yeah. I like to be led. Like I'm a very strong independent woman, but like, I love just, like, melting and, like, falling under someone else's really great leadership. And so yeah. someone who, you know, tells me that I don't have to be this power horse all the time. You know, like, I, I get to, like, come. I guess the only way to describe it is, like, come under someone that, like you said, can be the protector, that can be the provider, that... Um, is someone I can lean on, someone who's reliable, and I think that's, I think as females, like that's in our nature, you know.
0: Hundred percent.
1: Yeah, like we're nurturers. We want to be able to like, we want to be able to take care of our guy. But if he can't lead us, and if he can't sh- protect us, and like honor us, and show us like how much value we bring to him, then it's like we don't want to do anything for him. You yeah. Know? We don't feel valued, or we don't want to, like, you know, we don't want to cook home dinner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, a few years ago, I dated a, a woman who was a police officer. Uh-huh. And so, like, you know, it was an interesting uh, challenge. I'd say challenge is, like, working to, like, put her in her feminine because mm. she was such in a masculine profession. Yeah. So, like, we, like, I kind of had to, like, what's the word, like, understand that mm. like because she's carrying a gun right mm-hmm. she's going out and like fighting bad guys and so for me it's like i have to really step up and be like a man like be confident so that i can put her and her feminine and like mm-hmm. be submissive and i remember like dang this is like getting the feels but like one time she we were like cuddling and she's like you're just very strong and sensitive and i was like dang like that felt really good mm-hmm. and right and like as a man, they feel empowered when they feel when they hear that from a woman, right? Mm-hmm. Like that they are appreciated, mm-hmm. but they that that the woman feels safe and protected, yeah, right? Yeah. and that's and that's like a beautiful thing because when a man's in his masculine, right? Like he can go and conquer the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like men have gone to war over women, mm-hmm. right? Over the love of a woman, right? I was just watching Great Gatsby. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> yeah. Right, Jay Gatsby. Right. Goes to war, loses Daisy, and then builds himself up to this, like, you know, multi-millionaire guy. But, like, a woman can inspire a man, inspire your life. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, we can push you to do some pretty (laughs) incredible things. That's why I think it's so funny, like, the last guy I dated, he, you know, we dated for, like, mm, three, four weeks, and then he was, he told me, I can't do this anymore, and I go, oh, okay, like, what's up, and... He goes, I'm just, I'm so focused on my business right now, and I need to focus on my business. And I'm like, that's a lie. And he goes, what? And I was like, why don't you tell me the real reason why you don't want to be together? And he goes, well, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm like, just say you're not that interested. Yeah. <laughs> like, to blame it on your business, I was like, let me, er, let me, like, back it up here. I was like, any man that I'm going to be with who has a business, I'm only going to elevate his business. I'm only going to push you to do things that you couldn't do on your own. I was like, so telling me that I don't fit into that, like, is a lie. Like, that's, I'm an entrepreneur myself. If anything, like, I'm going to help you grow and exceed like, any expectation that you ever had. I'm going to push you in your times that are down. I was like, so don't give me some reason, like, (laughs) I need to focus on my business right now. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just thought it was so silly. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, because to your point, where it's just like we can do so many th- great things together, but, you know, it has to be the right person who values that.
0: So. 100%. Again, got to be equally yoked. Yeah. Or else. So. I was
1: like, honey, you ain't ready. <laughs> He's like, uh. <laughs> Guys will always be like, Bria. We'll go on a couple of dates, and they'll be like, "Oh, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to go out with you anymore because you're just too serious." I'm like, what does that mean?
0: Serious, you? Yes,
1: yeah, serious. But I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't want to be like successful, badass, like conquering the world with me. You just want to be like mediocre over here." Yeah. And they're like, "Uh," <laughs> they don't even know what to say because, and I've, I have figured out it's because of this reason, as I hold people to their goals. Yeah. Like, if you're around me and if you're in my circle, like, I'm holding you to what you say you're going to do. And a lot of men see that right off the bat, and I think it either intimidates them or scares them, where, you know, they're in this Peter Pan phase where they're just frolicking around, trying <laughs> trying every flavor of under the rainbow, and when they meet someone that's like, oh, I'm going to keep you to your integrity, they're like, oh girl's too serious for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm gonna stay serious. Okay. I'm not changing for anyone. I'm not gonna try and do these quote unquote situationships anymore where the guy's not gonna commit, you know, he just wants to hang out or, you know, just occasionally date when it's suitable to them, you know. I'm like, no, I'm we're not doing that. Like I'm dating with intention and I'm dating with purpose and the person that I date is going to be like just so freaking excited to date me. It's <laughs> not going to be, a, there's not going to be a question of like, am I serious or am I fun? Like, it's not even going to be about that. It's just how do we make our lives even better?
0: Yeah. You know? Amazing. Yeah. I think, and I think so many people need to hear that, especially in today's age and cu- date dating culture. It's just like, just, have fun just don't do it and i'm, I'm a huge family guy i want to yeah. have a family i want to leave yeah. a legacy right and and build you know and i think just i was listening to a podcast today and, and you know we're talking about dating on valentine which is so perfect yeah love right mm-hmm. i'm a big love guy do you like love
1: yeah i love love
0: sick me too <laughs> love is amazing <laughs> right oh I my song. gosh I <laughs> Love. No, it's this.
1: It's a burning thing. <laughs> I'll let you sing it.
0: <laughs> Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising. Right, yeah. no- right
1: now? <laughs>
0: higher and higher, it's burning through to my soul, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Burning, 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 and nothing can cool me, yeah. I just might turn to smoke, but I feel fine. fine yeah. yeah. Cause your kisses lift me higher, higher. Like the sweet song of the choir. Oh, and you light my morning sky, <laughs> burning, love. burning love. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was good. Oh, I love
0: that. I get. To, I played guitar and sang with a... Artist and singer, wow. Wow. I feel very accomplished.
1: Yeah, oh yeah.
0: That's why I got it. You've inspired me. I'm like, I've talked to you. I'm like, I gotta go out there and get my own music.
1: Yeah, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so who are your inspirations? I was a little Elvis, but who do you like?
1: Oh, musically? Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Dolly Parton. She's Mm. just like the epitome of I'm going to myself and do what I want and like nobody's gonna take that from me and no matter like what challenges I have I'm still gonna be myself I love that I love that energy of just like people are always want to tell you who they think you should be or what's popular right now and things like that and you just have to remember that if you're not being true to yourself you're gonna find so much resistance in what you're putting out there your song's not going to be that great. Cause it's not really coming from a place of, like, your inner core values and what you really believe. So I feel like she's definitely her. I mean, like, Marilyn Monroe. Mm. Just these kind of, like, powerhouses of their time where they were, like, defying the industry. Um, I mean, I love Miley Cyrus. <laughs>
0: Flowers. You, yeah. you heard me play a little bit of that.
1: Um, but mostly because she just... Um, She does what she wants, you know, and she sees a vision for her life and she goes out and she executes it. And same with like Beyonce or someone like that who just defines a lot of, um, you know, breaks through these industry molds. And that's how I've always seen myself is like the world is so full of possibilities and God created us to be able to design our lives. So why not just do it, take action and, you know, make one step forward every single day I don't know how else to describe it but like when you're not moving you know you're not doing you're not doing anything if you're not taking action you're gonna stay in this like stuck cycle I always feel like um, whenever I feel stuck or if my days are just like repeating or I'm going through these weird you know this weird cycle of like I'm not really moving forward I have to ask myself like what actions are I what actions am i taking towards my vision because ultimately you're not going to know you have this vision up here you're not necessarily going to know how to get there you don't have that experience but it's not it's not the how you're going to get there it's like the why and as long as you're taking actions towards that why you'll start to discover the how you're going to get there you know i'm really passionate about music i want to be able to make music where thousands of people can hear it so if that's my vision I start talking to music producers I start talking to other people in the industry I start propagating and asking questions and like I'll I'll find my own way but I'm taking those steps into like reaching that vision and I think that that can be true for anything even finding love you know if you're gonna sit here and say oh you know every good-looking guy is a Beat boy, you know, (laughs) is a player, you know, uh, I don't believe I'm, you know, I don't believe I deserve to be with someone who's good looking, then you're going to live in that story versus, you know, having this vision of someone and being like, okay, like these are my standards. Like we said, I'm not going to waste time with people who aren't there and, um, And I don't know where he is or if I'm going to meet him in a grocery store, if I'm going to meet him out dancing swing country or something, (laughs) you know, but I'm getting out there and I'm believing in that and I'm letting that dictate my actions versus like, you know, living in this story of my past or my circumstance, you know?
0: 100%. 100%. I mean, if you just dwell in the past and you can't move to the future, right? And so I'm a big believer in affirmations. Yeah. Do you do affirmations? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right? Manifest. Uh, you know, you say it, you believe it, and then it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the artists that you mentioned, right? From Miley Cyrus to Dolly Parton, I mean, their influence on you, on people, right? Is immense. And that's inspired you to, like, hey, I'm going to create music. and Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I remember when I was young, like, 14, 15-year-old, you know, you have those relationships where you think, like, the world is ending and I'm sitting here listening to, like, Avril Lavigne and, like... It's
0: complicated. You know?
1: Those songs, like, got me through. Yeah. You know? And that's what I love about music is just, like, man, like, that can music can like pull you out of some of those places and that's why I'm so passionate about it it's like um, like it saved me multiple multiple times so that's why I'm so committed to doing it for myself and for others and I don't know where it's taking me you know like one minute I'm doing country the next I'm doing house but I'm still taking steps forward to towards making music and being better and performing. And I'm in a uh, yacht rock band right now where we go perform on ships. So um, I'm still living my life on fire in that way. And I'm hoping that, like, you know, that's just all part of enjoying my journey.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And you have to let it. You have to have fun. You have to be driven but at the same time have fun because yeah. then that's going to breed the passion. Right? Yeah you know like i've written a couple poems here and there and like the times where i'm like not thinking like thinking like hey i'm gonna write a poem where i'm like listening to a song or like see something and then just like and i'm sure this is how you do it with songwriting it's like it just comes out of you Mm -hmm. you know yeah and it's not Sometimes it's intentional. It's like, "Hey, I'm going to write this song now, mm-hmm. then and there." And Johnny Cash has talked about this too, right? Like and, and I'm sure many others just like if you say I'm going to write a song as opposed to like I'm going I'm taking a walk down by the river right. and then something comes to me and then
1: yeah. you, know, yeah. you pick
0: up the guitar and start uh, yeah. doing it.
1: Most of my songs come to me when I'm walking or like out in nature or if I'm like experiencing that emotion at that time. It really sucks cuz like when you're going through heartbreak And you're sitting there on your couch and you're crying and you're—that's actually the best time to write a song. You don't necessarily feel like doing that because you're like, you just want to live in your emotions. But you know that's how a lot of my songs would start. And then if I didn't finish them, then I literally would have to plan like another night where I could like sit in those emotions again and like dig down deep again to get myself to that place, you know, which is like. A lot of people, like, don't understand when I'm... Don't respond to my text message for four hours. They're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm in a place right now that I don't really want to be, but I need to let this out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think that's probably why, like, you know, a lot of musicians do have problems with, like, depression or, like, suicide and things like that. Is because you can get trapped in those, th- those emotional states and always singing those songs and bringing you back to those times. You know, it can be can be emotional. It can be a lot.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really takes into the depths of your soul of, like, to take that out of you, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You literally just have to, for me, I just have to literally write down just exactly what I'm feeling. Like, no judgments. Like, it's like throwing spaghetti on the wall. Like, just let it all out exactly how it feels. And then, like, from there, kind of make things, build that build around it.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, we're almost uh, almost at time Bree but uh, definitely want to give you the, the floor for any final departing thoughts. How people can find you, how they can listen to your music, if they want to, you know, get uh, increase their following, their mark. You know, they want to learn more about your marketing services. Like plug everything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, my Instagram uh, is at lee music. Um, you can look on Spotify, Apple Music, Breely. And um, my marketing company is BLT.Marketing on Instagram and on the web. So you can look there. But um, I think my final thought for this podcast is anything is possible. You have the ability to create anything. So just go out there and do it. Just do it. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Yay. Thank you, (laughs) Brie.